0: Prophecies foretell a reborn Holy Roman Empire, a ten-nation union, world religion, and a world government that will be established just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. On today's edition of End of the Age, we will analyze the ongoing fulfillment of these prophecies while taking your call on this open line edition. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. And before we get started today, I mean, I've already got some callers on the line, but, um, and again, I will be taking your calls today, the number one I want to give you an update on what God is doing through End Time Ministries. And through the the end-of-the-age television and radio program and End Time magazine and everything else that we're involved in. We have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Israel. And when Irvin Baxter passed, I thought, wow, uh, that's a a huge undertaking, a college in downtown Jerusalem. We own property, a physical building, uh, the 12th floor of the Cloud Building. We own property in Jerusalem, and I just prayed, and I said, God, you've got to help me, and in our end time family here, you've got to help us, because I need, um, I need to know, I need, I, need, I need to hear your voice, and wow, has God answered that prayer, letting us know, I've got the vision, uh, our family does, about what we're going to do in the end time, the... Magazine to Every Home in Israel, once the final seven years starts, the door knocking campaign, and I was asking God about, We uh, every Thursday morning, I teach a, uh, a class in the college that meets there, it'd be Thursday night over there, and God is blessing that class, we have people showing up, we had a full class yesterday morning. And I'm telling you, God is moving in Israel right now. We work with the missionaries over there, and a lot of different people were helping Jews to make Aliyah back to Israel, and you don't hear much about it in the news. But I'm telling you, folks, God is doing a work in Israel, and End Time Ministries is right in the thick of it. And so, I'm so thankful for that, that God is using us in that effort, because most of end time prophecy, the big majority of it, is centered on the nation of Israel. And, and more focused point would be Jerusalem. That's what the Battle of Armageddon is going to be fought over. And end time ministries is going to be a huge part, have, play a huge part in all of that. So, man, I'm so looking forward to that. Then the other day, I, I've got to share this testimony with you. I don't know if Doug or Vince did, but we had a lady... Come to our prayer meeting on a, uh, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago. She worked at the Plano Police Department here just north of Dallas. She came to our, um, I don't have my phone on me, man, I was going to read it to you. But she came to our prayer meeting and had a a problem in her, a, a physical ailment. We prayed for her. She went to the doctor and just sent Doug Norvell a text over the last couple of days and said, hey, you guys prayed for me. I just want you to know I went back to the doctor and he couldn't find anything. And she had a I think it was a cancer or some kind of growth inside of her. He went back and, and she just sent us a text and said, I can't find anything. And she came to our prayer meeting and we prayed for her in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And it appears that God healed her. You say, well, oh, I, Dave, come on. That don't happen in 2021. Oh, yes, it does. God is performing miracles in 2021. And man, my, my faith is just soaring high, seeing all God is doing. You say, yeah, but the world's falling apart and look what's going on in America. No, I understand all that. Believe me. I, I read the same news that you do. But I want to encourage you today that God is moving in 2021. It's very, very critical that we understand That if you've got your hand in the Lord's hand, you're trusting, you've got your faith in Him, you've been born again, God's going to carry us through this whole thing. I do not walk in a spirit of fear. I'm walking by faith, not by sight. And I want to encourage everybody out there that, you know, Satan would love to get you just in this mindset of fear and um, depression and, oh, look at what's going on with the Biden administration in America. Yeah, it's bad. But you know what? I've got my hand in the Lord's hand. I'm not going to lose a wink of sleep tonight over what's going on in Washington. Yes, we talk about it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to heaven. If I didn't wake up in the morning, I know where I'm going to end up. So I'm not afraid. And fear will paralyze you. And I just want to encourage everybody out there listening today, watching on the Internet, wherever you're at. Be encouraged. I've got a, somebody gave me a cup here. I'm sitting on the desk and it says, but God. And I want to thank them. I, they got it from the church down there in Katy, Texas. They gave me this cup to come back and go on the radio with and I'll hold it up. It says, but God, the thing is, is that I know what's going on in the world, but God. And so I'm so thankful today that there is a God that is alive He's working in end-time ministries. He's working in our life. I know he's working in many of your lives. And if you need a miracle, pray for it in Jesus' name. God is performing miracles in 2021, and I'm so excited about it. And uh, I know we've got a lot of calls coming in. We're going to take calls after the first break. I've got a lot of stuff to go over here if we have time. But, wow, I am excited. I know we talk about the mark of the beast and the world government, world religion, and all these things, and we have to. Because we want to prepare you for things that are coming and spiritually for eternity. But I am not... The Bible says that God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And don't let Satan... Don't let Satan um, control your mind. That's what he's in a battle for. The control of your mind. The battle's right up in here in your mind, folks. Make sure that you are trusting in the Lord. You're walking by faith, not by sight. Trusting in God and he will take you through every single time. I can tell you in my life, I'm 53 years old. And I can tell you, God has never failed me one time. Never. I have failed him and let him down. But he has never failed me. And he will never fail you. He can't. Read the Bible. If you know anything about the Bible, God does not fail people. Now, you've got to line yourself up to the Word of God and some other different things to get some of those promises, but once you do that, God will never fail you. And so it's very important, and I wanted to encourage you today, before we go off into some of these questions and some of the information that I have about world religion and all these other things, I want to encourage you today. God is with us. God's going to be with us throughout the end time, and there's coming a day when those clouds are going to split wide open, and we'll see Him face to face. Wow, I cannot look, I cannot wait for that day. It's not going to get here soon enough for me.
1: Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search into the H Plus in the App Store or Google Play.
2: Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. it is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
0: Well, welcome back, everybody. And Man, I, I am encouraged today. You say, well, hold on a minute. You're supposed to be in the molly grubs. We're, look at America. Look at what's going on in the world. The world government, world religion. Yeah, I do know about all that. But I also know about God. What about God? What does he think? That's the most important thing. So, man, I'm excited. Thankful. And we're coming into a season of Thanksgiving next week. And uh, I just want to make sure that we're all in the right mindset. Uh, yeah, there's inflation. I know about all this stuff. I'm living in it. But, wow, am I thankful that God is with us. He's got his hands upon us. You know, just because there's a world religion and world government, um, there is a Biden administration that's trying to implement socialism here in the United States. And, you know, all the different, the LGBTQ issue and all these different things, that does not mean that God has deserted us. It just means that we're going to go through some things. And the Bible tells us that it would. God knows we're going to go through some stuff, everybody. The Bible says God knows the end from the beginning. He's already seen all this stuff play out. But he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And he's going to be with us every step of the way. And that's why we all, we're all going through this together, right? Right. So uh, wow, man, I'm 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 thankful today. I am just thankful in the face of all the adversity and the craziness, chaos in this world. I'm thankful that I've got my hand in the Lord's hand, and He's always kept us, and He always will. Okay, wow. I got to go to some calls. Let's go to James, all the way up in Oregon. God bless James. Welcome to End of the Age.
3: Hello there, brother. First time being able to talk to you. I was blessed enough at one time to talk to Brother Irvin. Yes. Um, I grew up as a PK of the Pentecostal Church of God, and then my dad died. I grew up for another 20 years in the Assembly of God, and they were always pre-trib. Yeah. And when I hit my teenage years, I just started having a problem with pre-trib because I could never see God taking away the Holy Spirit from the saints that would supposedly come during the tribulation. I just couldn't see God give it a gift and then take it away. Yeah. And in pre-trib, they've always taught that the Bema Seat happened during the seven-year tribulation while the saints were in heaven. I'm curious what the post-tribulation viewpoint is when it comes to the Bema seat sure. and Christ being on Earth for a thousand year reign, I have my own idea, yeah. but I want to kind of get some confirmation.
0: Sure. So, <clears throat> if you look, the the Bema seat for everybody out there is a, um, a a judgment, and they would say that a judgment seat or a judgment would occur prior to the Great Tribulation beginning, and then. There would be a a second or a um, the second coming of Jesus Christ, uh, and then there will be a one thousand year millennial reign. Then there will be the great white throne of judgment. So they're saying that it's going to happen that there would be the bema seat prior to the second coming, and then the great white throne of judgment a uh, one thousand years after. So here right. here's your answer, James. When does all this? When does that judgment occur that they're talking about the bema seat of judgment? Well. The Bible says at the, seven, the sounding of the seventh trumpet. Now, somebody who believes in a pre-trib believes that the Bema seat would happen seven years prior to that, at the second coming. But the Bible tells us specifically it happens at the second coming. Listen at Revelation 11, starting with verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, this is the last trump, and there were voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, And he shall reign forever and ever. This is the second coming of Jesus Christ. It says, And the four and twenty elders sat before God on their seats. They fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying that we give thee thanks. I'm in verse verse 17 of Revelation 11. We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art, was, and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. This is the seventh trumpet. Now listen at verse 18. Here's your answer, James. And the nations were angry, Thy wrath is come. It's right here at the second coming. And the time of the dead that they should be judged and that thou shouldest give reward unto the saints and the prophets and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. When does the judgment occur? It occurs at the seventh trumpet, immediately after the tribulation of those days. There are no scriptures in the Bible that say that that judgment happens prior to the Great Tribulation. Why is it not in there? Because that's simply not the case. Right here, this is your answer. Revelation eleven fifteen, 15, all the way down through 18, the judgment occurs at the seventh trump, which is the second coming of Jesus Christ, immediately after the Tribulation of those days.
3: Now, I'm curious, because you know there's a part in the Bible that talks about there's going to be like a pause in heaven. Is there a chance that, that that's when that judgment's going to happen, at that pause?
0: No, so you're talking about the 30 minutes of silence? Correct. Yeah, so if you look in um, the seals, the Bible talks about the sixth seal, when the heavens open as a scroll when it's rowed together, and that is a, an account, the sixth and seventh seal is the account of the second coming of Jesus Christ when the heavens open the lord appears his wrath is come again it's the same event that's happening here and then the bible says in the seventh seal there was silence in heaven for 30 minutes or about half an hour so it appears to us that the from the way everything is laid out there that all of heaven is standing in awe looking at the bride being adorned for the bridegroom. It's when the second coming and the rapture occurs. They're one simultaneous event. Read the sixth and seventh seal. The sixth seal is Revelation chapter six. The seventh seal goes into Revelation chapter eight because there's a parenthetical chapter about the greatest end time revival in chapter seven. And it's the same thing. So that's when they're talking about the pause. That's at the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's not prior to that. So they just got their timing off a little bit, James.
3: Okay. Uh, that, I will say, just to put in, I got your 7 till DVD. I watched it a couple of times already, but I, I also got it off End Time Plus. So if anybody hasn't gotten it yet, get it. It's a great teaching, and I'm looking forward to your remaking of all the old information because yeah. you said you have updated information to put on the new DVDs that are coming
0: out. Yes, sir. And thank you for that plug. (laughs) The the seven (laughs) vials is the first DVD that I put out. Um, A lot of people didn't really have a clue about the seven vials. Well, we went into great detail. I covered a lot of that information with Irvin Baxter just before he passed because I wanted to know, hey, how's all this stuff going to lay out? How's this going to play out? Because the church will be here during the first six vials of the wrath of God. But the Bible says we're not appointed unto the wrath of God. So how are we exempted from that? Well, the, I, we talk in the DVD about how people can be exempted from those vials, But yet they will, will be here during the first six vials of the wrath of God. So I wanted to lay all that out and make sure I had it all. I went through all of it with Irvin. And then he passed away. A lot of people did not know that Irvin and I were going to start doing DVDs together at the beginning of this year. That was all planned out, and then he passed in November third of last year, and so our family got together and said, "Look, there's too much information for us not to share this. We need to update some stuff." And so what I did, I did the seven vials by myself, and then the understanding the end time DVDs, which we started we did when we were in, started on TV in two thousand nine two thousand ten, Irvin and I were going to start shooting that whole series all over again together. ...with new updates because we found some, several new uh, clues and different uh, proofs and different things... ...to validate the teaching, and then he passed away on November 3rd. So I went ahead and taught the lesson, but in the miracles that God revealed to Irvin Baxter... ...these prophecies, we have Irvin Baxter coming on the scene, and he's telling the miracles... ...and I'm teaching the lesson. I'm telling you, folks... This Understanding the End Time DVD, the new DVD series that's coming out, probably come out, I mean, I hate to forecast, but, I mean, I, we just shot Lesson 5. There's going to be about, I think there's 13 or 14 of them. Probably, We're hoping to bring it out maybe in the second quarter of next year. You are going to be amazed. It's going to be awesome. It's myself and Irvin together, and, man, it's going to be awesome. And it, hopefully, I'm making it so it can't be dated So that it can take us all the way through to the rapture, the second coming. And so, uh, man, I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, James, I I, I thank you for the plug on that. And uh, God bless, my friend. And I hope I answered your question about the bema seat. Thank
3: you. And I know what my Christmas in July gift is going to (laughs) be. You take care. God bless.
0: All right. God bless you, my friend. Wow. Great question. Uh, Okay. Let's go to, wow, back up in Oregon. Let's go to Mark up in Oregon. God bless Mark. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. How you doing, Um, my friend? I'm doing all right. Good.
4: Hey, I've got a question about um, Matthew 24, 7 through 8, and Uh then Luke 21, 10 through 12. Okay. Um, The question has to do with, are those events that are listed there, are they
0: chronological? So... The, the, so, Matthew, well, let, so let's bring everybody else in on our conversation, Mark. Let me read through here and so everybody can know what we're talking about. Okay, yeah. Matthew 24 is the Olivet Discourse. They ask Jesus, yeah. hey, can you tell us what's going to be the sign of your coming, the end of the age? The rest of the chapter is the Lord prophesying about events that would occur at the end of the age. This is very key okay. for everybody to understand. When you go to Matthew 24, 7 and 8, he says, For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Well, we have seen, we're, we're seeing an increase in a lot of these right now. I mean, pestilence is another name for pandemics. Jesus said yeah. you're going to see pandemics in the end time, but these are the beginning of sorrows. So we've seen hurricanes, we've seen famines, um, nation rising against nation for years. And But when you go over to Luke chapter 21, there is a, you've got to be able to interpret this because they, it kind of does a switch. So look at it here. If you go to Luke 21, starting with verse 10, the Bible says, Then Jesus said unto them, Now remember Matthew 24, 7 and 8. Jesus mm-hmm. said unto them, "Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. The great earthquake shall be diverse in diverse places, famines, pestilences, and fearful sights and great signs shall be from heaven. Now, that is the same. It's just, it's just Mark's recording, or I'm sorry, Luke's recording of what Matthew recorded. It's the same event. But when you go to verse 12... It makes a yep. shift, and Luke backs up a little bit, and he says, But before all of these, they shall lay their hands upon you, persecute you, deliver you up to synagogues, into prisons, uh, being brought forth kings and rulers for my name's sake. So he backs up a little bit, and he said, Before all these things happen, in Matthew 24, Jesus is prophesying about future events. He's doing the same thing here in Luke, but when you get to verse 12, Luke backs up and says, Well, wait a minute, though. Before all these things happen, this is going to happen. And he gives some things that would happen to the Jews at that point. And so okay, you can so you can get confused unless you understand there's a switch in verse 12.
4: Yeah. Yes. So it's the Jews that uh, basically he's talking about, right? Well, it's in, in the, verse 12. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, when he goes down there. Mark, so. Mark and, and Matthew both have the same uh, same uh, scripture, you know, same...
0: Yes, it, it, it does. But you remember, there are two different men's accounts here. So yeah. Ma- yeah. Luke is telling the same thing that Jesus told in the Olivet Discourse. But then he says, it's very key in verse 12 that you get this. But before all of these things, Luke adds another element of clarity in here. Luke is the most... Um, detailed account in the Gospels. Luke was a doctor. He gave the most detailed account. And then the book of Acts is also written by Luke. So you've got to understand okay. he adds more detail than some of the other writers. And they're all good books, obviously, but Luke gives a little more detail. So you've got you to gotta know how to, to follow along here or you could get confused. Um, but um, verse 12 is a very key scripture when you're trying to figure out Luke 21.
4: So, would you say the uh, Jews are suffering persecution right now?
0: No. So, what he's saying is here is that he's saying that hey, in the end time, he's given an account of the Olivet discourse. There's going to be okay. earthquakes in diverse places, famines, pestilence. But he says before all of these things, so he backs up and he talks about something that will happen in the very near future for the Jews at that point.
4: Oh. Okay. And then,
0: and what he, what happens is. He jumps down to verse. um, He jumps down to verse. I think it's twenty or twenty-one. To twenty-one. Let me see here. I'm sorry. I want to make sure I get you the right one. I think it's verse twenty-five. He said, "And there shall be, um, and there shall be signs in the sun, and the moon, the stars." And upon yeah. the earth, distress and nations of perplexity, seas and waves rowing. So he jumps back into it later on down in the chapter and he goes on into the Olivet Discourse. You just have to read down through there very carefully to see when he jumps back into it. I, I, I wish I could pull that up for you, but he's it's I'm coming up to a break here. But I just want to make sure you got your question answer Mark. Hold till after hey, the break. Work. If you can hold till after don't the work. break, we'll jump back into it. Okay, Mark, are you still with me? I'm with you. Okay, good. So, really quick, we'll we'll wrap it up here and then I'll let you go. If all you right. go down, if you go from Daniel or Luke 21 verses 12 all the way down through 24, the Bible says, and the, if you understand what happened after the apostles went off the scene, it wasn't very long. Or uh, actually, in 70 A.D., they the Jerusalem was destroyed. Um, yeah and the temple was destroyed, and they, they were uh, they were began to be scattered all throughout the earth. Well, um, Luke down in verse twenty five says uh, twenty four. He says, "And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations." That happened early on at the time of the apostles, not at the, not at okay. the at the uh, in the very end. Then, when it gets to verse twenty five, he said, "And there shall be signs in the sun, and the moon, and the stars." That's when he jumps back into the Olivet Discourse. So verses 12 through 24 is for them. When he jumps back into 25, he's back in the Olivet Discourse. You got to understand the switch there in Luke 21. Okay. Yes, sir. Very good. Thank you. All right. God bless you, my friend. Bless you, my brother. Thank you, sir. Let's go to James in Tennessee. God bless James. Welcome to End of the Age.
6: Hello, Brother Robbins. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing tremendous. How are you?
6: I'm good. I I've, I've really respected your father in law a whole lot. Um, I got to meet him at, because of the times, mm-hmm. back before he passed away, his last event there, and got to talk to him a little bit about some questions. And I've heard, I've been following you guys' ministry pretty much ever since I came into truth in the apostolic faith since 2007. Great. But that's not my question. I'm not here to give a whole bunch of history of myself. <laughs> um, I recently have heard about Mark Zuckerberg and his new metaverse and his contribution to that. Yeah. And notice that you guys have not addressed anything about meta and the thing about that. And I think that could be part of the image of the beast and all that, and the AI as part of the end-time deception. What is you guys' thoughts on that? And have you guys even looked into that yet?
0: So, uh, you've caught me because I have not I've, – I've read about it just enough to be dangerous. I have not gotten off into it enough to give you any kind of a conclusive answer, even enough to give you an opinion – um, and so I need to do a little more research on that. Um, you know, and maybe you could fill us in on some of it really quickly, but at this point I haven't researched it enough to even be able to, to, to speak about it, James.
6: From the little bit of research I've given, I think it's highly dangerous when okay. you have a blending of the digital world versus the regular world and you blend them two together. Sure. You can easily have a lot of deception there where people cannot distinguish between, What's real and what's not, especially when you're trying to lead people to the Lord and saying that God is a spirit. Right. It's a very hard balance between how you can really help share the faith and not. So um, I think it's highly dangerous. I mean, the internet's been a great blessing for the church. I mean, we wouldn't be able to do some of the things we're able to do for the kingdom of God if it wasn't for the internet. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're going to have it where a person can show up as an avatar, as a bull, into some meeting, and you don't know what they really are or who they are, and the, all you hear is a voice, and you don't, you can't distinguish anything. Yeah. Then you've got some central figure saying he's supreme. How do you know who's not supreme? And then they can yeah. just—I think he can lead us down a road toward a, almost a matrix-like state. Right. Or to a huge deception They can help the Antichrist further his agenda to take people out of God yeah. and not even want to go to heaven and all kinds of different yeah. diabolical— demonic realms that opens up things that we don't even want to have in our life right um i have two little ones at home i have a two and a half year old and a seven month old so i'm diving into these things because i know my kids authoritarian, will have to deal with this very issue
0: yeah so the what the way i look at this stuff james and technology and the internet and all these things is that if you have a foundational um a biblical foundation, then you would, you, it's pretty easy to discern what is true, what's God, and what's not. I mean, I can have somebody call me on the phone. I, okay, for instance, I had a guy call me the other day, and he said, you guys are wrong on X topic. And I said, yeah, but the Bible says this. And he said, I don't care what the Bible says. God told me this. Well, okay. At that point, I'm pretty much done with the conversation, because what we teach will always align with the Word of God, and that's the way I live my life, James. If I was sitting in a meeting, and somebody come on uh, a a call or whatever, if I'm on an internet site and somebody says I'm God, okay, I'm done with that. I mean, you can kind if you. That's why it's of utmost importance to have a knowledge, and I know you know this but if it's of utmost importance to know the word of god and to be able to discern the voice of god if you can do that because what what god's what the voice of god is speaking to you will never contradict the word of god and so it's very important that we understand that i have to have a a working knowledge of the word of god and i've got to be able to recognize the spirit of god if i can do that then Mark Zuckerberg, can, can, he could can create new internet 5.0, and it's not going to affect me because I have a biblical foundation of the truth, and I know how to discern spirits. I mean, I can be in a church service or, or in a meeting or on a radio interview or anything where I can tell somebody's trying to lead me down a certain path, and I can say, no, but the Bible says this. When, G- when Satan took Jesus to the Mount, to tempt him. What did Jesus do? He quoted the Bible. Nope, nope, the Bible says this. The Bible says this. The Word of God says this. So at the end of the day, I think that's what we need to do. Now, I'm willing to do the research and look into this because I've looked at some of of it. But at the end of the day, I want to have a biblical foundational, just a foundation so deep that nobody could ever pull me off of that. I think that's where we need to be here, James. Uh, but I'm willing to look into the technology because I know it's nuts, and I don't want people to be swayed one way or the other. So let me do some research on it, and then we will uh, – what's uh, Jen Saki say? We'll circle back to it. How's that?
6: Right. But what I'm going to say, I'm going to say this, but the the thing – the reason it's got me baffled is because I have two little ones that are very little, and they don't know the difference between, right now even, the difference between right and wrong yet. Right. I mean, to some extent, when we tell them, hey, don't – don't poke at your brother like that. You can't pester your brother, he's only seven months old. Yeah. You can't get on top of your brother because he's she's just trying to play with him, you know, playing jokingly. Right. You can you're squish your brother. You know, those things she don't she knows by us telling us. And I think it's teaching each other, teaching and also knowing, like you said, is is very vital this hour. Yeah. And we've got to get back to those fundamental things and like we always have taught about avoiding worldliness and about things that really matter, we got to hold on to. Yeah, And we might have to limit our use of the Internet to some extent. Yeah, Because absolutely. we don't want to get totally bombarded by with the Internet. Our lives are dependent on the Internet to survive. Yeah. And we have to be worried more about his arrival and about helping other people find Jesus before it's too late.
0: Yeah, the thing is, James, if you, if you understand what's <laughs> happening in our society, you not only have to be worried about the Internet, You've got to be worried about, or concerned, you've got to be worried about schools, things your kids read, things they look at. Um, Here's the thing, in the end time, parents, the parental role is going to be so critical because your kids are being pulled in so many directions. There's some stuff on the internet that is the worst, and, but yet the kids have access to all of it for free. And so, whether it's the internet, whether it's just a, a YouTube, whether it's something they read, what they're being taught in schools, parents cannot let down on their, what they're, in um, making sure what their kids are being taught, uh, what their influences are. Um, there are, looking back on how I raised my kids, There are some kids that I should never have let my kids go stay all night with or to hang around. Looking back now, I think I made a mistake there because there are or some influences that we allowed into their life where I didn't think it was that bad. But looking back now, I've had conversations with my kids that said, hey, dad, you you know, this person influenced me in this and I didn't even know what was going on. So I'm not saying you can put your kids in a box and put them in a closet and don't let them go anywhere. But I'm saying, if, you're, if you let your kids on the internet, if you let them read stuff, if you let them watch whatever or go places, you just got to monitor them because Satan is in a battle for our children and these people that are trying to create this internet stuff and trying to push these agendas, they realize that if they, that a child is like a big sponge, they're sucking up all this information and they're forming their mindset for the rest of their life and... You've got to be able to put good things in there and make sure they're monitored and that all of these agendas are not being brought before them. It's a huge thing that we see right now, and uh, I, I'm dealing with a lot of people that are talking to me about their kids and kids that um, were, are good kids, but they just got influenced in the wrong direction. So I know what you're saying, James, and let, let me do some research on this, but at the end of the day, that's the answer. Monitor what your kids are watching, what's their, what they're uh, looking up, and check their internet, you say, well, you know, I don't want to invade their privacy. Forget that. If they're living in under your, in your house, invade their privacy until they start paying the bills. You're the boss. And so it's not, it will not hurt you to look on their phone and see what they've been looking at or look at the internet and check what your kids has been looking at. Ask them, what are you being taught in school about um, evolution or creation? And I mean, hey, The Bible says, train up a child in the way that it should go and it will not depart from it. So, if my kids live in my house, I'm the boss. Now, if my kid's 10 years old and he wants to start paying the bills, he can run the show. But until then, I'm the boss. Now, I know that's not politically correct, but that is biblically correct. And so, it's my job as a parent to make sure that child is trained up in the way that they should go, in biblical principles. Wow, this is not the Dr. Spock show, folks, but I'm just saying I'm dealing with a lot of people right now that have problems with their kids, but yet they let their kids run rampant and don't even pay any attention to them and then wonder why they turned out at 20 years old and, and, and just crazy, and it's because they never spent time with them. Wow. Okay, James, that's probably yeah, have, more than have, you have, wanted. My uh, dad and
6: mom are like, now. my mom just now recently gave her life to the Lord, my stepfather. My dad was very inactive in our lives. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I came out the way I did was because of my grandparents and because of the fact that I had solid Bible, a solid Bible background going to right. a private Christian school. If it wasn't for any of that, I mean, it's all about, like you said, the influence the people in your life, but also about how you've been taught and how you were raised matters Amen. more than anything else in this hour. And I'm going to continue to work with my children, yes. with my wife, to make sure they come out out of this on the right side.
0: All right, James. Well, listen, my friend, I do thank you for the call. I got a bank of callers here I got to get to, but... God bless you, you and uh, I'll remember yeah. you in prayers because them kids can be fun. <laughs> believe me. I raised two of them, and it's an experience. Anyway, uh, I'm going to let thank you, thank you go, you but God bless call. you, my friend, and we'll, we'll talk again about it in the future. I'll do some research on this metaverse and uh, make sure we can have a much more in-depth conversation moving forward. God bless you. Let's go to, oh, man, I'm coming up to another break. Okay, so I'm going to do my best to get to everybody that's left online here uh, on the calls by the end of the program. Uh, I'm i will we'll devote and, you know, ask me a short question. and I promise you, I'll give you a short answer so that way, um, we can get through all of them, but, uh, just hold tight with me here. But I want to say, uh, somebody mentioned, um, the, I mentioned the Jerusalem prophecy college earlier. You can sign up and go through that. You want to get a bu- good biblical foundation, uh, on the Bible, Jerusalem, prophecy, college dot com, sign up, go through that into the age plus subscribe to that go through all those different things and listen into the age plus we're coming up with a lot of new programming that's gonna be on there we're gonna do some stuff possibly like we're talking about the Joe Rogan show something doing it with prophecy and biblical topics and all kinds of different stuff so into the age plus check it out endtime.com there's so many resources for you to get up to speed very quickly on your biblical knowledge it's very important in the last days that you have a foundational principle of the truth.
7: I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day.
0: Okay, you guys. Thanks for holding with me here. Um, let's go straight to the phones. Let's go to Trey right here in Texas. God bless, Trey. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Hello, Trey. I'm with you.
8: Yes, I was wondering where's the, the 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 promise or covenant that, that Gabriel gave to uh, Ishmael uh, fit into Bible prophecy, the last days? Because he said that you know when uh, Hagar had left the camp of Abraham, yeah. that you shall bear a son, his name shall be Ishmael, and he shall be a wild man. Yeah, And his hand shall be against this. every man, and every man's hand shall be against his hand. And I just wondered, uh, I've always been intrigued with Bible prophecy ever since the 72 uh, Munich Olympic Games when the Israeli athletes were at, uh, killed by
0: the right.
8: Palestinians. And I just want to know, where would that fit, something like that, how would that fit in to the last days' prophecy?
0: Well, so you understand Abraham had two sons, Ishmael Isaac. Isaac was the promised son. When God said, hey, Abraham, I'm going to make a covenant with you. I'm going to take you to a specific land. I'm going to give that land to your lineage. Abraham, over time, he said, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, not to Ishmael. And when Abraham actually asked the Lord, well, so today, Abraham, Isaac, um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that lineage is the Jews today. Ishmael. Became the father of the Arab nations. So God's Abraham actually asked the Lord, "Well, have you? What about Ishmael?" And God said, "I've remembered Ishmael. I know about him. I'm going to make a a, many nations will come out of him, and he will be blessed." But the promised land is giving to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, in that lineage. So when you look at it today. The Ishmaelites, the um, Arab nations, they believe that Ishmael was the firstborn of Abraham and that they have a right to the the promised land. But that simply is not the case. God specifically said, all the way back in Genesis, that I've remembered Ishmael, but my covenant is with Isaac and that lineage. And so that's the battle you feel today. The... um, they feel like they have a right to the Temple Mount because, hey, Abraham's their father as well. They, have, they feel like they have a right to Hebron, which the tomb of Abraham, the tomb of the patriarchs of Abraham because Abraham was their father as well. But God specifically said that I will... I will um, the, my covenant is with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible tells us that. So... Um, was, has every man been after them and has and that, that type of prophecy that he gave to uh, um, Hagar? Absolutely. I mean look at how some of the I mean uh, look at the um, how some of them live their lives, a lot of these terrorist proxies and all these different things that there, there's been a fulfillment of all that all these years and even into the end but yet God has given some of the Arab people or some of the richest people on the planet. God has blessed them, But at the end of the day, the promised land was given to the lineage. Abraham, Isaac. Isaac was the promised child. Abraham and Sarah took the matter into their own hands and Sarah gave Hagar to Abraham and he had Ishmael. That was not the promised child, even though he was the firstborn. Isaac was the promised child and that's why the promise to the promised land went through his lineage, which is for the Jews today.
8: How do you think there's going to be a, a peace pact between the Arabs and the Jews if, if 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 the Arabs are still going to have that that wildness to them? I guess. Right. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I get yeah. a little bit confused because it seems like to me that the Arabs are always going to hate the Jews, regardless. They are going to unless <laughs> unless there's just some supernatural or miraculous event. I just, I just seem befuddled a lot of times.
0: Yeah. So there will be a peace agreement, but that does not mean the Palestinians are going to necessarily like the Israelis. If you understand the, in the Gaza situation, when Ariel Sharon pulled the Jews out of Gaza in the south and said, hey, you know, in, in the guise of we'll give you land for peace, Ariel Sharon went down there, pulled the Jews out, and they took over Gaza, the Arabs did, but guess what? Have they had peace? Absolutely not. So there's going to be a two-state solution created the international community will recognize that. The Bible tells us that very clearly. But yet that does not mean that, that the Palestinians are going to play ball. They're, they're not going to be peaceful and just, hey, let's all get along. That simply is never going to happen because Jesus said three and a half years into that, when you see the abomination of desolation occur, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, the, the, by Daniel the prophet, let them which be in Judea flee, which is the West Bank area, which is going to be where the two-state solution is created. He said, let them which be in Judea flee, for there's going to be the greatest time of persecution the world has ever known or ever will be after that. The Jews that remain out there, we're going to be doing a door-knocking campaign warning them, you've got to leave. Some will leave, some will stay. The Jews that remain out there, they will live out there under Palestinian jurisdiction, and Jesus prophesied it's going to be the worst time of persecution the world's ever known. Where's that going to come, th- come from? Something about the event called the abomination of desolation will set those people on edge, and they are going to take off on the Jews living out there, and it's going to be the greatest time of persecution the world's ever known. So it's, it, it's never going to, be, to come to peace. And there's going to be a peace agreement that will be recognized, but there's never going to be a peaceful situation However, I will tell you this, been to Israel many times. I've been out in the West Bank many times. I've been down to the Palestinian governed places. I've been to um, to Jericho and to Bethlehem and some of the other places. Most of the um, Jews and the Arabs get along and the, uh, the um, Palestinians, they get along. It's the governments that really keep things um, at a loggerhead. And that's where they, the all the conflict comes from them. Most of the most of the Jews and Palestinians they get along. I mean, I, we've had um, we go into Bethlehem and we have a Jewish guide who has a special permit that can go in there. They get along fabulously. We go eat. We go down to one of their shops, and I mean, and that's they're all Palestinians, but they all get along fine. So now, yes, there are some bad apples in the bunch and then there's the government there's these ones that are working for the government where they'll stab somebody or you know but as a rule we've we have only been in one situation where it got a little dicey um, and that's because that's because there was a little uprising and you know we had to we had to leave but other than that i've been there i don't know 15 20 uh, i know i've been there at least 12 or 15 times my father-in-law went 40 plus times Never really had a problem, but there's going to be a time. It's the governments that, are, that really keep stuff stirred up. It's like here in America. Most everybody in America gets along, but when you get the government involved, that's when there's a problem. So that's going to be what it's going to be like in the future. They're going to get a peace agreement signed, but it's not going to be a, a really a peaceful situation ever because really the Palestinians, the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization, their goal is to liberate the promised land from to liberate Jews from the that area, the Palestine, PLO, Palestinian Liberation, and so there's never really going to be a peace, and there will come a time when the Great Tribulation starts, and um, you have utter chaos in that at that point. Um, so that's you know that's how it's going to be, and it appears from the Scripture that's how it's going to play out.
8: Okay, I was wanting to know too. Where, do you, where is specifically the the new temple going to be built, because I've heard it's going to be built on the north end, or I've heard, well, the the Dome of the Rock has to be removed uh, for that to take place, because they say the temple has to be where the Holy of the Holies is. There's not going to be any compromise. So I I don't, I get kind of confused. Okay, I've I've heard people earnestly and honestly believe it's going to be built side by side with the Dome of the Rock, and I've heard others saying, no, it has to be totally removed and then it yeah. and then and then they're going to put the third temple there cuz that's supposedly where the holy of the holies is okay. located and they yeah. say that the the ark of the covenant is most likely located in that area of the holy uh. of the holies so, okay, so I, let, I would like to have, have your your opinion and knowledge and insight on that. Yeah.
0: Let me uh, let me answer this question for you and then I'll let you go cuz I got a whole lot of callers I got yes, to get to. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. you taking the call. All right, Trey. So, um it appears that they were, from scripture, we know that the temple mount is going to be placed under a sharing arrangement. That, um, Revelation 11, 1 and 2, John said, uh, well, John was told to measure the temple, but don't measure the outer court because it will be trodden down of the Gentiles for 42 months. That's the time of the Great Tribulation. So it appears that Israel is going to build their temple north of the Dome of the Rock, which Israel is willing to do. I've talked to Yehuda Glick and some others, and they say, hey, for us to, um, in order for us to get to build our third synagogue, we would be willing to do it in the north, that north courtyard, north of the, of the Dome of the Rock, and to leave the Dome of the Rock in the Al-Aqsa Mosque. It appears that that is what's going to happen. If they were to try to remove that right now, you're talking about World War III tomorrow morning. All the Arab nations would come down on Israel. So it appears from Revelation 11:1 1 and 2, that they will build their... Because you understand the Dome of the Spirits... Well, they believe the holiest of holies was is nor- is in that courtyard north of the Dome of the Rock, and that aligns up perfectly with the Eastern Gate. So a lot of people and um, so a lot of people believe that that is possibly uh, where they will build the temple. In my opinion, that's where it will be as well, and that they will allow the Dome of the Rock and the, the Al-Aqsa Mosque to to stay there. That's my opinion, and it looks like I can prove that from Scripture, from Revelation eleven one and two, the sharing arrangement. Okay. Uh, Thanks for the call, Trey. God bless you, my friend. Let's go to um, Deborah right here in Texas. God bless Deborah. Welcome to End of the Age.
2: Um, God bless you, sir. Um, Thank you. My first question is about the um, Olivet Prophecy. I was told that it was actually Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21, and that all of it had to do with the end time. I would like to get your opinion on that. And my other question is, um, if the Jews are rebuilding a temple for sacrifices, wouldn't that be considered an insult to God uh, because he sent his son to take the place of the sacrifices? And why would you want to help them to do that? Wouldn't that be going against God? Yes. Those are my two questions, and I'll take them both off
0: the air. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, so the... um Matthew, wow, I'm going to have to go quick. So Matthew chapter 24, uh, Luke 21, and um, I think it was Mark 13. Those are concerning the second uh, events that would occur towards the second coming. However, again, I said that Luke gives the most detailed account of the Gospels. And if you go to Luke chapter 21, I'll go through it really quick that it does talk about nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Jesus was talking about these things towards the end time. Great earthquakes, pestilence, fearful sights from heaven. But then in Luke 21, he says something different here. Very key. But before all of these things. So Jesus is talking about from his time forward, things that will happen towards the, um, the end of the age. But Luke says in 21, 12 through verse 24, before all these things, they will lay hands on you and eventually scatter you throughout the uttermost parts of the earth. That happened just at the time of the uh, when the temple was destroyed, and beyond at the time of the apostles, they were being scattered. Uh, John wrote the book of Revelation out on when he was um, exiled out on the Isle of Patmos. Things were, they were being dispersed around the world. That happened prior because right now God is bringing the Jews back. Um, to Israel, not be, they're not being dispersed all throughout the earth. It's Ezekiel thirty-seven. Right now, God's bringing them back. So you got to understand the difference here when you get to Luke twenty-one, verses twelve. It's very, very important. Man, I'm running out of time. I'm sorry. Um, and so, I'm trying to think of your second question. If you'll have to email me, D. at Endtime.com. Totally out of time. Man, I'm sorry, guys. I. I uh, I let time get away from us. We need to make these open lines two hours so I can get to everybody. Email me your questions, drobbins at endtime.com, and I'll make sure I'll get you a question this weekend. God bless.
7: This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information,